Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Sports Miles Football Shorts. I'm Barney Corkill. I'm here with our football editor, Matt Law, and we're here to talk about game week 28 of the Premier League season. Um, I'm continuing to make a little bit of ground in the prediction competition. Still a long way to go, um, but I'm chipping away at that lead Matt built up. Uh, we'll get straight into this game week because it starts tonight on Friday night with a game between Newcastle and Aston Villa. Um, obviously a big game for Newcastle. They keep getting sucked closer and closer towards the drop zone. Matt, how do you see this one going? Yeah, it's a big game, isn't it? Like you say, two teams that, you know, a lot to play for, haven't they? Newcastle obviously looking to keep themselves above that bottom three, but Villa, you know, very much pushing, aren't they, for those, you know, I say they're pushing, they are, you know, however they are, they're sitting in a position where it's going to be difficult, obviously, to finish top six, top seven, but they'll certainly feel that they can do that. Still got, you know, two games in hand over Liverpool, who are just above them, three points behind Liverpool. And if you'd have said that to the Villa start of the season, they'd obviously would have taken it. So the injury to Grealish is not ideal. I mean, I did the preview for this uh, the other day and it looked like Grealish might be okay. But obviously, since then, Dean Smith has, you know, ruled him out of this one as well. And that's a concern, isn't it? I know it's a, you know, it's like a, it's a, obviously a problem with his shin around the calf area, one that, you know, isn't quite pain-free at the moment, which is an issue. Obviously, I'm sure it'd be fine for, you know, England moving forward and Villa uh, over the next few weeks. But yeah, just going to this game is it's obviously tough. Villa last time out, goal of straw, wasn't it? The Wolves lost to Sheffield United before that. Beat Leeds, they are very difficult, aren't they, to predict Villa there. Got a lot of talent, as we've both said, a lot of, you know, good... Op- I think it's even with options now, you know, looking at who could potentially come into the side for this game. Plenty of options. Obviously, Matty Cash has been declared fit as well, which is mm. a huge, huge boost for the Mel Garzi's back. Obviously, Sanson's played a bit recently. Um, now, you fancy, obviously, Ollie Watkins will play. Barkley's been in and out, hasn't he? Barkley potentially come back in for this game. And Try always but- back, I think, is he? Sorry? Try always back from injuries. Yeah, Troy's back as well. Yeah, obviously, he, he, it was a slight doubt as well, wasn't he? So, mm-hmm. you know, huge, huge boost for them. But, you know, you look at Newcastle on the other hand, you know, three best players still. I say three best three best attacking players. I'll probably put those three and Shelby probably as their best, more, more influential players, but they're all out. And I'm just really struggling, to be honest. I, I think with Grealish being out, it, it did make me slightly shy away from the Villa win. But, but you look at the Newcastle side and, you know, I don't, I don't want to be disrespectful, but, you know, potentially a front three of, you know, Willock just behind Joe Linton and Fraser. And it's, it's difficult, isn't it? It's not, it's the step down in quality is huge. You know, the midfield, mm. Hendrick, Hayden, Shelby. I do like Shelby. I think he's a good player. Hendrick and Hayden, good players, but not going to really drive you forward. And I'm just struggling with Newcastle at the moment. I, I think they're in real big trouble. And uh, I think they'll lose this game. I think Villa, you know, freshness, even without Grealish, I think they'll have enough. And they edge gone Villa here, 1-0. Yeah, I've gone exactly the same. I thought I was very close to going another 0-0 draw for this one. Because yeah, Villa, Villa haven't been scoring many goals lately. What is it, two in their last five? Um, yeah. You've got to go back to, what, 27th of January for the last time. They scored more than uh, one goal in a game. So they have been struggling in front of goal a bit recently. But also, they haven't been conceding many. Emiliano, Emiliano Martinez, so he has obviously been mm-hmm. a great, great <laughs> signing for them this season. He's been really one of the standout goalkeepers um, in the division this season has kept a lot of clean sheets. So they're very, they're good at the back, um, obviously still conceding the odd goal, but I think it's what, three in their last six. So that's a good defensive record. Um, but, you know, at the other end is where the problems lie. And you've, we just reeled off quite a few good attacking players that um, could be coming back into this one or Arsenal in. Obviously, their main attacking player being Jack Grealish is out, as you mentioned. Uh, but they've got the players to be scoring more goals than that, for sure. And we mentioned a few times earlier in the season when they were in a bit better form, they've just got a lot of good match winners and good attacking players, but they're not really showing it in recent weeks. Um, as you say, their season's been superb so far. And I mean, if you'd offered them ninth place where they currently sit, um, 
to be honest, if you'd offer them 40 points at the start of the season, which they're already on, they probably would have taken that um, even at the end of the season because they were battling so close to relegation last season. Um, so they've had a great season and there's always going to be these sorts of spells where they're, they're struggling a little bit for consistency, one win in the last five, struggling a little bit to score goals. Uh, but either way you slice it, it's a much better season than it is last season. Um, so they'll be taking that into context. And uh, yeah, I do think they'll certainly come into this game as favourites, um, excuse me, um, just because Newcastle have been so poor recently and they are sliding towards relegation. One point above Fulham now is, you know, really starting to to worry Newcastle. Obviously, Brighton in there as well. Brighton in a slightly worse position than Newcastle. But I think if you're a Brighton fan, you would have seen more signs to be hopeful of survival than if you're a Newcastle fan. I think Newcastle fans will be a little bit more pessimistic than Brighton mm-hmm. fans at the moment. Um, I, w- I wouldn't be too surprised if they do go and get a draw for this one because, as I say, Aston Villa's um, struggles in front of goal. But, yeah, like you, I'm just uh, backing Aston Villa to nick this one 1-0. Um, on Saturday, kicking off the action at 12.30 is Leeds versus Chelsea. Um, Leeds, um, they're struggling a little bit at the moment as well. Four, four, four defeats in their last five games. Um, they failed to score in three of the last four, uh, whereas Chelsea just keep on rolling under Thomas Tuchel, still unbeaten. Another 2-0 win over Everton last time out to back up their 1-0 win at Anfield over Liverpool. Uh, their clean sheets keep on coming in. Uh, it's been a very, very solid start under Thomas Tuchel, up to fourth in the table now, two points clear of fifth place West Ham. How do you see this one going, Matt? Yeah, really interesting one. Obviously, uh, yeah, I did the preview for this one as well, and it's obviously a, a big game, isn't it? It's, it's a good game that hasn't obviously been played a lot recently, is it at all? You know, Premier League meetings between these two sides. Um, it's obviously a fixture that's been really good down the years, producing really good games, and you know, it should be a, an interesting game. I think Chelsea's win over Everton was worrying for other sides in around the top four, just because it was so. You know, Chelsea weren't really under. Everton had a bit of pressure, but it was comfortable for Chelsea. They looked really strong. Kai Havertz played very well, didn't he? He's probably his best mm-hmm. game since he's come to the club. He obviously has has had his problems since going there, but played in a forward position and was very impressive. And you know, might get another start here because Abraham looks like he's still carrying a bit of an ankle injury and slightly out of favour. Obviously, Olivier Giroud's future's up in the air, and that is a position that obviously I think they'll need to strengthen this summer, Chelsea. But just their their form, you know, Manchester United play West Ham, so that's a good game for Chelsea in terms of, you know, teams taking points off each other. Leicester have wobbled slightly and Chelsea will be very, I'd be very surprised if Chelsea didn't finish in the top four this season. Just, mm. you know, it didn't look like it would happen, did it under Lampard, but Tuchel's just been, I think Chelsea have obviously got their eyes elsewhere, you know, Atletico Madrid, Champions League, uh, Sheffield United, isn't it? FA Cup quarterfinals, so it's not like they're, fully focusing their efforts on the league. But like I said, injury's good. You know, Thiago Silva's available now. Might not start because Christensen's been very, very good, hasn't he? Um, obviously, changes you'd expect will happen. You know, the wing-backs, he can change both his wing-backs. You know, Kante, Kovacic, Jorginho in midfield. He can switch them around and just loads of options. Um, and you talk about players like, you know, Pulisic, who's not been linked with a move by Zayic, can't get in the team. Um, you know, plenty of others in and around. hudson Odoi's in and out, Mount in more than out, but, but dropped out to me for the Everton game. So, yeah, Le- uh, Leeds, on the other hand, I think, obviously, it was Bielsa's press conference yesterday, wasn't it? And, you know, good news and bad news on the injury front. You know, players that came back for the West Ham game, um, Rodrigo and, and uh, Calvin Phillips are OK, but Pascal, Pascal Stewart, who's been good recently, is unavailable. Hernandez is out. Um, obviously, Forshaw is out as well. But Robin Koch, big player for them, looks like he's going to play mm. for the 23s on Monday, so won't be in this game, but he's... His fitness is a is a boost for a lead side that 
isn't it? It's, it's difficult, isn't it? You look at the Leeds, you mentioned Leeds' form hasn't been good, but you know, 35 points from 27 matches, 11th in the table, you know, one eleven games, same as Arsenal, just one fewer than Liverpool. And when you look at like that, it's obviously the defeats, isn't it? They don't draw a lot, 14 losses, which is more than Fulham, um, which is, you know, says a lot, but Sitting nine, I think nine points clear. What are they at the bottom three at this stage? So three points behind Arsenal in tenth. So they will certainly be looking probably up the table rather than down. But yes, it's it's, it's difficult, isn't it, to to know exactly what to expect um, moving forward for Leeds in terms of this summer is going to be interesting. It could be a big transfer window, isn't it? They're going to do. They're going to have to try and keep hold of Rafinha because. We mentioned, didn't we, a few weeks ago, even before he was getting linked, I just thought he would just stood out. He looked a real good player. And I think Leeds, like I say, will struggle to keep him. But yeah, big game um, in, in this one. Obviously, um, the last game at Ellen Road between these two sides in the Premier League was back in 2003. So like I say, he hasn't been played a lot recently. I think it was a League Cup game that, that happened fairly recently. But yeah, I just think Chelsea uh, will have too much here. I think it'll be tight. You know, as we know, Leeds are, you know, a very good side and capable of moving the ball well. But Chelsea looks strong. Can make loads of changes and like I say, I think it'd be tight, but yeah, Chelsea 2 1. Chelsea 2 1. I've, I've just gone Chelsea 2 0. I have just it's, yeah, it's just yeah. difficult to back against the clean sheet for Chelsea at the moment, just looking it so is. solid under Thomas Tuchel. Um, and when you combine that with Leeds failing to score in three of the last four, I've, yeah, I've just gone for Chelsea to keep another clean sheet in this one. Um, but as we've said many times with Leeds, they can go toe to toe with the best in the league, they haven't really shown it recently. Um, and you know. We, obviously they've had a really good season. You say that, yeah, they're, they're one, one, probably one win away from safety, effectively, um, which if, if you'd offered to them that at the, the start of the season, at this stage of the season, they definitely would have taken it because survival, obviously, for any newly promoted team um, is the number one goal. And, and, and Leeds were going into the season probably with more expectations on their shoulders than most newly promoted teams do. Some people are tipping them for a top half finish, which obviously they could still do very much within striking distance of that. Um, which is perhaps why they haven't got you know as much credit for being up in 11th. But it's easy to forget. They're almost like Wolves a few seasons ago. They've, they've been pretty impressive at times, which makes it easy to forget they were in the championship last season. Uh, but yeah, only the bottom two losing more games than them this season. It's just one of those bizarre statistics where they do either win games um, or lose games. There's not much in between. They're either great or they're bad. Um, recently they've been bad Chelsea have been good and that's why I'm just leaning towards a Chelsea win in this one I think that yeah they've just been so solid um, and yeah when you say Chelsea you'd be surprised if they don't make top four it, that's a, a very big change from what we were saying earlier in the season wasn't it when they were down towards mid-table when we couldn't really rely on them they just seem like a very reliable team now defensively obviously those foundations have been built um, and as I said many times on this podcast as soon as they can really get that attack firing um, and it's not fully firing yet by any means, then they're going to be a very fierce opposition um, in the Premier League. But as soon as, as, as long as they've got those foundations to build on and keeping clean sheets in pretty much every game at the moment, um, you know, if you keep clean sheets, you're not going to lose matches. So yeah, I'd certainly back them now to gain, gain a top four finish. And if you're looking at the table now, the form Leicester are in compared to the form Chelsea are in, you probably go back them to, to finish in the top three. So um, the turnaround under Thomas Tuchel has been superb. And yeah, I'm backing them to get another victory with another clean sheet in that game. That's back in a 2-1 win for Chelsea. Um, 3 p.m. on Saturday, there's Crystal Palace versus West Brom. West Brom, we've already mentioned them briefly after that goalless draw with Newcastle. But that um, we, we said going into that game, that was pretty much a must-win game for West Brom if they're to stand any chance of uh, surviving eight points from safety now. It's still doable, but it's looking very unlikely with 10 games of the season remaining. Um 
yeah, I think they needed to win that and probably needed to win this game coming up if they were to stand any chance. But the goalless draw against Newcastle uh, was disappointing. Uh, they have tightened things up at the back, but they're, they're really struggling for goals. One goal in the last four games um, scored among goals in the last four games conceded. Crystal Palace conceded four goals in their last game against Tottenham. Obviously, Tottenham ran right a little bit there uh, with Harry Kane in particular having a great game. Uh, before that, got back-to-back goalless draws against Fulham and Manchester United. Crystal Palace, 34 points. You'd say, you know, 10 games left of their season, a couple more wins under their belt, one more win, maybe even in a draw, and they're probably as good as safe. So I'd be surprised to see them get dragged in. Uh, but these are the sorts of matches they'll be picking, they'll be looking at picking up those points because they've got a really difficult end to the season. Um, and this is one of the easiest games left on paper. So, you know, they'll be very keen to get that win under their belt um, as soon as possible to, to, you know, keep the pressure off towards the end of the season. Um, having said that, I mean, I'll be surprised if you haven't gone the same as me on this one. I think this one's got nil-nil written all over it. I can't see anything other than that one. Yeah, I've I've gone a draw, but yeah, different. I've gone one-one. Um, mm. Obviously, don't expect it like you to be, you know, particularly open game or entertaining in the sense that you know lots of inc- I say lots. There could be lots of incidents, but not particularly lots of goals. But yeah, I think. Like you say, West Brom obviously entering, you know, last chance saloon mode, really. It's strange to say that because there is still so much football to play, isn't it? Like I said last week, you know, not like we're 34 games in. We're obviously still lo- still loads of football, lots of points to play for. But, you know, West Brom's run, you know, they're coming up with some tough games, haven't they? Chelsea away mm-hmm. is their next game. Not going to get much change there, if we're honest. Um, Leicester away as well coming up um, and Southampton at home. So teams that... This is the game they're playing against the side, like you say, who I say they haven't got much to play for, but like you say, Palace, uh, Palace is still, I think, if they lose this game, you know, Fulham go and win. Obviously, Fulham play City, Man City, don't know, so that's tough. You know, Brighton go and win. It's obviously unlikely for all those teams to win, but I do think Palace will be looking over their shoulders. But injury situations, we know for Palace is is, is poor, lots of long-term injuries, but Zaha came back in the, um, off the bench mm-hmm. against Tottenham. So you fancy he'll come back into the side for this one. Um be very interesting to see what Roy Hodgson actually does in terms of Zaha because I think you know obviously Eberich easy and, and Townsend have been two of their better players recently so you fancy they might stay there with Zaha moving you know more central you know perhaps alongside Benteke who, who's got a really good header didn't he against Tottenham so on paper you know Palace really a good side but I, I, it's just strange to know what happened with Palace you know they've got loads of players out of contract Hodgson's futures obviously in doubt, um, they just need to stay up this season and try and you know reset, see what's going to happen for next season. Be interested to see what side starts next season for Palace. I think it'll probably be a lot different than, than this side, but yeah, West Brom injury situation is good, which is important for a side down the bottom. Um, you know, there's he's got options, Hodgson, but um, sorry, Hodgson Allardyce, but you know, Snodgrass will probably be on the bench again. You know, Robson Canu and, and Grant on the bench as well, but. But I don't think there's be many surprises. You know, Jokas Lou, Maitland-Niles, Gallagher, Phillips, Diagno, they will all start. Pereira, obviously their best player in a wide position. But yeah, I can understand why you've gone the goalless draw. It's just, it doesn't scream, you know, particularly Premier League classic in this game. Um, mm. They say Palace Palace are are tough to beat. I think Palace have drawn their last two games at Selhurst Park um, and West Brom have drawn three of their last five in the Premier League. So yeah, draw, isn't it? 1-1. One, one. Yeah, both going for draws in that one. At 5.30 on Saturday, there's Everton versus Burnley. Everton 
Uh, lost against Chelsea last time out, putting an end to three consecutive victories and three consecutive clean sheets. Uh, so that was a big blow to their top four hopes, that defeat to Chelsea. But they're still in the race, four points off Chelsea now. Um, and Chelsea sitting in fourth. Burnley are winless in their last five league games. Only one win in the last 10 across all competitions. Four of them have been draws to keep them at arm's length of the relegation zone. Four points is the difference for them to the bottom three. So we've got Everton four points from the top four and Burnley four points from the bottom three. How do you see this one going? Yeah, another one that's, you know, one of the games that plenty to play for, isn't there? Obviously, both teams desperate to win for, for different reasons. Um, I still think Burnley are, are really, as you mentioned, how close they are. I think they're banging that race. Um, some good results recently. You know, mm. draws with Leicester and draws of Arsenal. Um, slightly fortuitous, weren't they, against Arsenal with that, you know, very odd goal that they scored, a mistake from from uh, Xhaka and then uh, Chris Wood obviously putting it in, but a, a really good point, but just not if you're Burnley, you'd rather maybe lose a couple of those and, and pick up a win just because it's you just need that win as points. You know, as we know, Fulham draw plenty, West Brom draw plenty, they just don't really get you anywhere, do they? Same with Brighton. Whereas if you can pick up, you know, two wins in seven or something like that, it just it fires you really, it would fire them up the table, um, linger any fears that they have got. But Everton, I mentioned when we we're talking about Chelsea, I just think it was a Maybe a slightly bit of a reality check for for Everton. I thought they would. I thought it'd be a lot better than they were at Chelsea. Um, formation was interesting. It was more of a back three, wasn't it? With with wing backs, um, just didn't really work. Calvert Lewin, Richarlison didn't really get much change out of Chelsea. And, and injury situation. They've obviously got a lot of doubts for this game. Everton, you know, they've lost Rodriguez at a key stage. Obviously, Mina's out at the moment. Um, Coleman, slight doubt as well. They're just. Not their talented players are back, you know, Alan's back, um, players that they had been missing early this season. But it's just a very, you know, it's, it's an interesting period for Everton now, you know, three home games in a row, isn't it? Manchester mm. City in the FA Cup, Palace, uh, Brighton, they play Tottenham. They'll be looking to, I mean, if they could beat Burnley and then, you know, beat Palace and draw a Brighton, maybe seven points from the next three league games, it'd leave them in a really strong position, as you say, to challenge for the top four. I don't expect them to finish top four this season, but if they could finish sixth, I think that'd be an excellent season. Um, even seventh, maybe sneak into Europa League, depending on what happens. But yeah, it'll be very interesting. I just think they'll have a little bit too much for Burnley here. Um, losing to Chelsea last time out will make them even more desperate to win. And Burnley just can't trust them to win at the moment. It wouldn't be surprised me if they did hold Everton to a draw. But yeah, I just, I just think Everton here 2-0. Yeah, I've got I've got Everton two one as as you say. It wouldn't be surprising to see Burnley grind out a draw as they did against Leicester, as they did against Arsenal. Two obviously really impressive results. I mean that Zaka um, mistake. I probably might yeah. talk about it later when we come to Arsenal. But what is he doing there? That's what you yeah, learn, you know, at schoolboy level. Don't pass the ball across your goal, especially when there's a player standing right in your way. Mm. Um, so yeah, quite slightly fortuitous, but you know that's, that's Burnley grind out results. That's what they do, especially against the big teams. Um, and that's exactly what they'll be trying to do at Goodison Park. I think for Everton, this game is is pretty huge in terms of their top four hopes because not only bouncing back from the setback against Chelsea, picking up the momentum from those three consecutive wins um, before the Chelsea defeat, but also, yeah, you mentioned those next three Premier League games. I think they'll be targeting nine points out of nine from those games. If they can beat Burnley, Crystal Palace um, and Brighton uh, in succession, they'll be going in as favourites to all of those games and that'll put them in a really good position uh, going into the home straight and they've got a fairly difficult end to the season with the likes of Tottenham, yeah. um, Arsenal, Villa, West Ham, Wolves, Man City all still to play this season. Um, so if they can pick up those three wins, get a bit of momentum going into that one, then that will put them in a really good position. So I think, yeah, I think we'll learn a lot about their top four chances. Um, like you, I, I don't really expect them to break into the top four. I think there are four better teams in the league than them um, at least this season. 
But yeah, I think those next three games, if they don't take maximum points from them, I think it'll be even more difficult to get those top four. And if they do take maximum points, they'll have really huge belief that they could do it and they'll put themselves in a really good position to do so. Um, yeah, I do expect them to to get the first of those wins here. I, I can just see a grinding 2-1 two, two win. I can see why you've gone 2-0. But Burnley do, uh, although their goal against Arsenal was obviously fortuitous, they have been getting on the score sheet a little bit more often lately. I mean, their, their scoring record over the course of the season has been pretty poor. But yeah, just backing them to get a goal in this one. 2-1 to Everton, but both backing to uh, Everton victories in that one. 8pm on Saturday is Fulham versus Man City. Fulham coming into it off the back of a famous win um, at Anfield last time. I can see the smirk coming across your face at that. Um, I bet you enjoyed that one, Barney. Yeah, yeah well, <laughs> we'll come to that later maybe. But yeah, Fulham, a, a big win for them. I mean, double headers. well, last season certainly didn't come more difficult than Liverpool and Man City. I think if they yeah. if they went into that and came out with three points, they would have been happy. Obviously, Man City's a very difficult task, but Man United um, beat them recently. Obviously, Man City bounced back then in midweek with a 5-2 victory over Southampton uh, to increase their lead at the top of the table again. So got straight back to winning ways. Uh, how do you see this one going to see Fulham give them any chance of pulling off a, a pretty famous double header against Liverpool and Man City? It's, it's very tough, isn't it? Um, obviously, full of confidence, as you say, to, to go and win at Liverpool. And, you know, they're pretty good value, weren't they? I know Liverpool had, uh, had bits and bobs in the game, but Fulham, I just think they're a really good side now. As we say, the improvement's obviously been, you know, incredible from the start of the season. I think Anderson at the back, the central defender's just mm. been, they couldn't defend this early this season, could they? They just, and when they last came up in the Premier League, their defending was always a problem. It was, you know, just horrendous some of the you know the players that they have back there but now that back four you know sometimes different it's just it just looks really good for this level of football and, and good you know technicians in midfield obviously they're still if they are to start this season they'll need to sign a you know a centre forward this summer obviously Josh Maggio what happens with him he's only on loan but I still think they need you know they'll need, need two or three um, attacking players to really because that is a problem you know you can't rely on being keeping clean sheets all the time and if they can be good defensively and add some quality obviously a lot of that depends whether they are going to be a Premier League club next season because they won't attract you know the calibre of player they want if they are in the championship but it's just so tight now isn't it obviously Newcastle and Brighton have got games in hand haven't they one game in hand over Fulham but the gap as you say level on points with Brighton and to put themselves mm -hmm. in this position Fulham is is excellent because it did look for a long stage that they wouldn't be able to and especially when they lost to Tottenham um, they had a goal disallowed in that game and I thought they would probably feel a little bit sorry for themselves but you know quite the opposite against Liverpool they were excellent but as you say it's you know, it's such a tough game. You know, Southampton, you know, felt the the wrath of City after the Manchester derby, didn't they? I thought, thought United were really good in the derby, obviously delighted with the result, but City were not quite at it, were they, in that game? But against Southampton, to put final, they conceded twice um, defensively. So, you know, conceded a few recently after they didn't for, for a long period, City. But, you know, De Bruyne, De Bruyne was poor in the Manchester derby, but was excellent against um, Southampton. And it was it was a changed team, wasn't it? And that's what's going to happen, I think, for this game. Because obviously City, as I say, as a lot of clubs are, they've got next two are actually, you know, separate competitions, aren't they? Madrid Gladbach Champions League. Everton FA Cup, then they play Leicester. So you fancy there'll be a lot of changes for this game. But I'm just struggling to see to see where obviously Manchester United showed that City can be beaten and they definitely can and Fulham deserve a lot of respect. But I'm just really struggling here to, to you know, it's a small pitch, isn't it? Craven Cottage, they'll move the ball quickly. Fulham will, will be resolute. I'm sure they will. But I just think the quality from City 
will uh, you know ultimately be too much. And whether Fulham stay, you know, Fulham lose this game is, is far from the end of the world. They play Leeds at home after this, Villa away, Wolves at home. There are games for them. It's not the end of the world if Fulham lose this, and uh, I think they will. I've gone City two 0 here. Yeah, again, I've gone exactly the same. I, I agree with pretty much everything you said. I think Fulham's improvement has been huge. And as you say, I mean, certainly towards the start of the season, a lot of people were dooming them after a few games of the season. Um, and even, even relatively recently, they were they looked too far away adrift um, to even, you know, be certainly to be putting up a fight this good and to be level on points and only now inside the relegation zone on goal difference. But yeah, looking at it, they've only lost two of the last 10 Premier League games. One of those was that one against Tottenham where, but for a very contentious refereeing decision, they probably should have had a draw. Um, obviously, the, the problem for them earlier in the season was turning draws into, into wins and they've started to do that. Three wins in the last six Premier League games. So in terms of the form book, they've got to be among the favourites now to stay up. You know, the way the way the form is going, you'd, actually, you'd probably back them to, to finish above both Brighton and Newcastle uh, this season in the end if they can t- continue that form. Um, as you say, games like this aren't necessarily going to be the difference between them staying in the division and not not many people will expect them to get too much change out of Man City, but not too many people expected that from Anfield, even, even with the form Liverpool were on. Um, and they have upset the odds quite a few times. And we mentioned that Tottenham game, um, which they should have drawn. They have drawn against Tottenham already in the reverse fixture this season. Uh, they've beaten Everton. They've drawn with West Ham quite recently in that recent run. Uh, they drew with Liverpool in the reverse. So that's four points from a possible six against Liverpool this season. They've beaten Leicester away from home. They've picked up some big results against teams that, that you know most people went into those games not expecting them to pick up those results uh so they certainly go into this game with belief but you know all those teams i've listed off there man city are just a, le- a level above all of them this season so obviously this is the most difficult game in the league this season and man city yeah maybe if um fulham came into this off the back of man city's defeat in the derby they might have been um, a little bit more confident that maybe Man City would have been hurt but then again we've seen what what happens when Man City are hurt like a wounded animal they came flying back with those five goals um, and yeah as you say they have been conceding a few more goals but is it six in the last four after so long without conceding um, but yeah when you've got that scoring power and you've got the strength and depth they've got as we've said a few times now they can put it they could field their second 11 and probably finish second in the table um, the way things are going this season with their lack of injuries as well no no single injury for them at the moment yeah, Nathan Ake is back now um, so yeah that's that's huge for them and they can afford to rotate and still be a better team than most teams in the league yet alone Fulham battling against relegation zone I don't expect Fulham to make it easy as I mentioned they've, they've made it very difficult for a lot of teams up there in the top half of the table but yeah like you I can see Man City running up 2-0 winners in this one uh, on Sunday, kicking us off, there's a South Coast derby between Southampton and Brighton. As we just mentioned, Southampton were on the end of that 5-2 Man City defeat. Uh, but before that, they did finally end their losing run um, against Sheffield United with a good 2-0 victory. Brighton, yeah, in real trouble. We've just mentioned Fulham there. Brighton only outside the relegation zone. Had a skin of their teeth now on goal difference. Um and that has come as a result of four defeats in the last five across all competitions. Uh, no wins in their last six. Uh, only two point, well, three defeats in the, in the last three for Brighton against Crystal Palace, West Brom and Leicester, all by narrow score lines. All games they probably felt they might have been able to get something out of, uh, which just makes it all the more difficult psychologically if you feel you're doing all the right things but still not getting your just rewards. And that has been, as we've mentioned throughout the season, the story of Brighton season so far. And, you know, it comes down to it now. The fact is they've got to start getting points on the board, haven't they, Matt? 
They have, yeah. I thought um, I backed Brighton to win, didn't I, against Leicester 1-0, and I thought I was onto something. Mm. Obviously, Lalana sent them ahead, didn't they? And I thought that they you know, could be onto something against the Leicester side with plenty of injuries, but Leicester turned it around. Mm. So that late goal from Amati was an absolute killer, wasn't it, for Brighton? Um, obviously, draws are not fantastic, but a draw would have given them, you know, and left them above Fulham with a point rather than on goal difference, which it is as it stands, that, that is the case. And I think, obviously, Fulham, as we've spoken about, played City... Um, Newcastle are Villa, um, so it's not an easy game. It's not, you know, they'll be hoping that they obviously drop points to teams around mm-hmm. them, even Burnley, you know. And you're talking about, you know, we're talking about Southampton here, you know, if you're talking about Palace, not quite safe. Southampton's form, as we know, has been, been very disappointing. The win over Sheffield United was obviously incredibly important, you know, a huge win. But then, you know, to go into the game of Manchester City off the back of City losing the derby was always going to be difficult. Um, to, scoring twice is a positive they can take, but five goals conceded and defensively they just they just look like they're struggling at the moment Southampton and I think they'll have you know more than enough to stay in the league um I don't think it'll be that comfortable I mean we talk about to talk about staying in the league now as we know we spoke about them as a possible didn't we top six top seven side um latter stages of last year now they've just completely you know fallen down the league to a side that probably in and around you know 13th 14th maybe they'll be battling Palace and Wolves leads around that sort of group behind the top 10 for which is just not good enough and it's going to be a tough summer I think obviously it looks like they're going to lose Danny Ings and I'm sure a lot of play, a lot of teams will be looking at their better players but you know Brighton as we know we settled season when they play good football but just struggling to win games at the moment you know five wins all season um, which is just not enough it's not actually a, a fixture that's been played a lot uh, Brighton Southampton I think only seven Premier League meetings you know in history between these two sides and and um, Brighton have never beaten Southampton in the Premier League Brighton's last win over Southampton was in the Championship back in 2012 so Southampton 2-1 earlier this season at the, at the Amex so it's, it's a tough game isn't it um this was the one I struggled with the most, actually, in terms of picking a score throughout this game week, which is, you know, probably a little bit surprising because there's a lot of bigger games on paper in terms of, you know, glamour tyres. But mm. I just really struggled here. Um, I think, obviously, as I say, both sides plenty to play for. There are, I think there are goals in both sides, but the defensive can, defences can be got at. And um, yeah, maybe I'm not that confident this one, but I'm expecting an open game and I've actually gone 2-2 two, two here. 2-2, two, two, yeah. I'm yeah. not confident at all. I've also gone for a draw. I've gone for one all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I went through every, I went through a Southampton win, a Brighton win. Yeah, tough. It, it, Brighton's a very difficult one at the moment because they, as we've said, they they deserve to win against Crystal Palace. On That was a freakish result. Burst Bomb was a freakish result. Any other day, any other team, any other season, they probably would have won both of those games. And that puts a completely different spin really on their season. It makes them have a nice little cushion. Um, but those two freakish results and obviously that late goal against Leicester, uh, Graham Potter will be looking at that run of fiction thinking they should have got seven points from those three games rather than zero points. Um, and, you know, obviously the natural thing is to think that can't happen time after time and time after time, but it sort of has happened all season. I mean, those two against Palace and West Brom are po- probably the most extreme examples. And it just so happens they came back to back. Um, but it has been the story of their season that they, they haven't been putting their chances away. Um, they've been creating chances, uh, being, you know, playing good football, a lot of possession, but not getting the goals that their chances and football deserve and therefore not getting the points that their chances and football deserve. And that's why they find themselves... I mean, if they go down this season, they'll, they'll be kicking themselves because, you know, they, they've played well enough to stay in this division. That I think they've played better than Newcastle, um, certainly better than the bottom three over the course of the whole season. But as we know, points on the board are the only thing that matters at the end of the day. So they need to start doing um, that. Yeah, I'm backing them to get one here, but... 
I mean, looking ahead, they've got Newcastle at home next, which is a huge, huge game for them. Yeah. They need to pick up a, probably a victory there. I'll be looking at these two games, Southampton, the form they're in, um, and then Newcastle at home as two huge games to uh, give themselves a bit of breathing room because after that, they then face uh, Man United, Everton and Chelsea, which is three of the top six um, in a row, which is obviously a really difficult run of fixtures. Um, for Southampton, yeah, I mean, you make the point they're not entirely safe yet. They're probably a couple of wins from safety and you'd expect them to get them. Um, maybe even the next two, they'll be um, eyeing them up against Brighton and Burnley at home. But yeah, I mean, their form this year, 13 defeats this season and nine of them have come in the last two months. It's incredible, their collapse. Uh, so this is certainly the best time for Brighton to be playing Southampton. They'll fancy their chance of getting something out of the game. If they can start to stick their chances away, then they'd, you know, it wouldn't be too much of a surprise to to go and see them win this game. But yeah, like you, I've, I've, I went back and forth on this. I went through every scenario. I wouldn't be surprised to see either team win. But yeah, like you, I've ended up sitting on the fence a little bit with a draw. Um, at 2pm on Sunday, there's Leicester versus uh, Sheffield United. As we just mentioned, Leicester beat Brighton last time out 2-1 with that late goal. Sheffield United lost to Southampton 2-0. Um, had beaten Aston Villa before that, but yeah, Sheffield United as good as down now, aren't they? 12 points from safety with 10 games remaining. Uh, Chris Wilder seems to have given up the ghost and they're planning for next season now. Um, whereas Leicester has got plenty left to fight for. That win against Brighton was huge for them after a bit of a slump in form before that. Uh, they're still in third place, but still only five points above fifth place uh, West Ham. So they've got you know a, a huge, huge end of the season coming if they're to hold on to that Champions League place, which obviously they, they let slip last season when they looked in a really good position. So big game for them. Obviously, on paper, this is as kind as fixtures come this season. So how do you see it going, Matt? Yeah, just... Just looking, Barney. I think it looks like Chris Chris Wilder's um, it's confirmed. He's he's leaving. I think Sheffield United. I think it's been confirmed. Oh, really? Um, not from the club at this stage. I don't think. But I think the, the news is pretty much breaking at this second that um, he's either left or he is leaving today. Um, which oh, obviously wow, yeah. um, is uh, uh, the press conference was due to happen. Uh, Sky Sports News uh, reporting that it's been cancelled um, before this game. Um, an announcement perhaps coming very soon. So, yeah, that's obviously puts a, a different spin on this game, doesn't it? I was going to mm. say his comments after the, uh, the last game, you know, in terms of what needs to change for next season, a lot of players coming in and out, but it doesn't look like he's obviously going to be there for that. So, yeah, that's a, a bit of a shock, isn't it, to the system at this stage, um, which pretty mm. much, I mean, they are down, aren't they? As, as we know, they're you know, rock bottom of the table. Um, and yeah, coming in four games all season, 22 defeats. It's been a, and you wouldn't have seen this coming, would you, last season? Chris Wilder leaving after how well they did last season, pushing mm. for before lockdown, you know. And if lockdown hadn't happened and, you know, the, the whole stoppage, maybe they would have finished, you know, top seven or some played European football this season. But yeah, obviously, Huge news just just coming in about him. Obviously, what will happen for the rest of the season is going to be interesting. There's obviously tension, wasn't there, between him and the and the owner of the football club, which is not ideal. And you know, it'd be interesting. Leicester maybe would have wanted to play, wouldn't they, with, with Rolder there? Because you know what you're going to expect now. It's going to be mm. difficult to know what to expect for this game. So yeah, talking about Leicester, I just think Leicester not playing Europa League football on Thursday is maybe a blessing in disguise that the fact that they lost because their injury situation, as we know, is very difficult. And if they'd had another game coming into this game, they've still got FA Cup, haven't they? Play Manchester United in a really good fixture. That looks uh, March 21st. But yeah, Leicester, as we know, battling to finish in the top four. They'll be desperate to... Obviously, obviously, desperate goes without saying to, to finish there, but to keep themselves above. Obviously, Manchester United play West Ham, which is good, as I said, for Chelsea and for Leicester, taking points off each other. Um, one point behind Manchester United, but only five points above West Ham, and West Ham have got a game in hand. So, 
It's a very difficult game for Leicester. Um, I think it'll be tight. I think it'll be a lot tighter. I have gone tight anyway, but I think uh, the news that we were Chris Wilder leaving is is very interesting and makes this more more interesting and perhaps more difficult for Leicester. But um, yeah, I just think Leicester will have enough. The win over Brighton was massive. Injury situation, as we know, is not ideal, but they're coming up against the, you know, the bottom of the table. And um, yeah, 1-0 Leicester here. Yeah, I've, I've gone for 2-0. Obviously, that Chris Wilder news does throw a bit of a spanner in the works because, mm. yeah, as you say, we won't know what to expect from Sheffield United and normal Leicester, really. Um, interesting news. I, I think certainly, even after last season, I think if you said... At the start of this season, if Sheffield United were to get relegated, you probably wouldn't expect Chris Wilder to go with that. And, you know, they stuck with him when they've made the worst start in English top flight history. But it must be those um, those disagreements over the transfer um, market, the, you know, his comments after the last game, as you mentioned, um, and his disagreements with the owner, which must have, you know, finally been the straw that broke the camel's back, really coupled with their, their form this season. But yeah, surprising whether this comes, that uh, news comes just too soon for, you know, the uh, or just too late, sorry, for the new manager bounce, which we sometimes see. Yeah. Um, and another interesting thing, but you don't, you, you never got the idea that the the players had sort of given up playing for Chris Wilder. He seemed to, you know, they, he's, he kept the standards up in terms of the effort and energy level um, and everything like that. You didn't, you, you didn't see Sheffield United as a team that had necessarily given up as they showed in that one win over Aston Villa recently. Um, yeah. So I don't think that would be the reason behind it either. It must just be that disagreement with the owner. Um, so yeah, huge news for Sheffield United to digest considering how much he's done for them, taking them all the, all the way up from League One to the Premier League and such a great season last season. Um so yeah, big news for them and be interesting to see how they bounce back from that and how, you know, they've got 10 games of the season now to get a new manager in, um, start planning for next season in the championship. Um, that They have no choice really but to have one eye on next season uh, and Leicester have to really um, just ignore all that noise and focus on what they can do. Uh, we say they won't know really what to expect from Sheffield United, but I think Leicester will go into the game thinking if they do what they do best, then they're going to be good enough to beat Sheffield United, whatever Sheffield United do, whoever comes in as caretaker. Presumably they'll have a caretaker in charge before um, for this game because probably not enough time to get a permanent manager in um, and, and in the dugout for this game. But yeah, presumably Leicester will just go into this game now thinking, right, we'll do what we can do. We know we're a better team than them. If we do what we do best, then we'll get the three points. It's a vital three points when you consider they've got Man City next up in the league and then West Ham. Obviously West Ham also battling for those top four spots. Uh, in the Premier League this season. So a huge game for them. If they drop any points against uh, the bottom of the league at home, that's a huge blow to their top four hopes. So yeah, um, we're both backing them to win, but yeah, a bit of a bombshell news that Sheffield United have have looked like they've got rid of Chris Wilder before that game. So that might disrupt their um, uh, preparations and Leicester's preparations for that game. Uh, The biggest game of the weekend is undoubtedly the North London derby on Sunday, Arsenal versus Tottenham. Uh, Arsenal, both well, both teams were victorious in the Europa League in their uh, first legs of the last 16. Uh, Arsenal beating Olympiacos with a bit of a late show. Tottenham beating Dynamo Zagreb to continue their really good form lately. Five wins in a row for Tottenham. They started to get a, build, a, a bit of momentum. Um, the 4-1 win over Crystal Palace, obviously their last league game. I was a bit surprised to learn in the wake of that that they, they'd got that 100-goal mark. Obviously Mourinho pointed it yeah. out, but... 100 goals, only uh, Bayern Munich had got there before them this season. When you consider the um, criticism they've received of them being a negative negative team, I think you know that ne- that criticism is warranted at times. They they need to push on in certain games when they could push on, and they probably could have scored more than the goals they've scored. And obviously, they've played quite a few games uh, more than a lot of teams uh, to get to that level. But yeah, I mean, 100 goals, you can't really argue with that. That's the best statistic that they've scored 100 goals this season, which is a, a great milestone to reach. 
Um, and they're starting to find a bit of form. They're definitely putting a uh, you know throwing their hat in the ring late on for uh, that top four place. What is it? Five points to, to Chelsea now. And this is a huge, huge game. I, I, the North London derby is one of the standout games of the of the football calendar. It's one of the ones I always associate with entertainment, drama, and goals probably more than any other. Um, I might be wrong here, but off the top of my head, I think it's got one. It's, it's one of the fixtures with the most goals in Premier League history, alongside I think Liverpool Arsenal um, is also up there. It's, it's just also always seems to promise goals. There's rarely a bad one, especially in this current era when you've got Harry Kane in such good form and he loves the the London derbies in general and especially the North London derby. Arsenal starting to find a bit of form, obviously beating uh, Leicester 3-1 quite recently in the league was a big one. The one-all draw against Burnley, disappointing, but as we say, without that uh, horrific Granit Xhaka um, error, that would have been another win for them. Um, so they've started to score a few goals lately. Three goals against Benfica, three against Leicester, three against Olympiacos. There's Tottenham scoring a lot of goals lately as well. I can see another good high-scoring game in this one. I've got I've gone out there a little bit. I've gone three-two Tottenham to win this one. Oh, three-two. Yeah, I've gone completely different here. Yeah, I've got I've gone one-one. Um, I think it'd be tight as you say. Um, a lot of, usually a lot of goals, but yeah, I just think this will be a tight one as you mentioned. Both sides coming into it off the back of you know Europa League games, two good results as well that leaves both of them in you know excellent positions to reach the next round. I think obviously Tottenham had a bit of a, a, a concern, didn't they? Harry Kane came off in the mm. uh, game against Dunham Zagreb, a bit of ice on his knee uh, last stages of the game, but it looks like he will be fine. I'd be very surprised if Kane wasn't in the side for this one. And yeah, as you, as you mentioned, Tottenham, you know, I thought they were out of it a few weeks ago, but they've put a good run together. They're, as you say, sitting in a position where they're, they're five points off the top four of the game in hand. And as we say, that the race for top four is, you know, absolutely fascinating, isn't it? Now, I, I, I thought even for a few weeks ago that Liverpool would still do enough. I don't know if you still think Liverpool will finish there. Um, I'll ask you, did you think Liverpool will still make top four? Or? I mean, we need to turn things around, obviously, very quickly if we are. I, I would still back us if we can, you know, start getting those wins under our belts. And I think, you know, we'll probably come to that when we do the Wolves-Liverpool game a little bit later in this. But, you know... I can't not back us to to get it, but obviously it's getting more and more difficult by the week and we need to turn around that form this week pretty much to stand any chance, I think. Yeah, so I'm, I mean, just looking at how, you know, tight it is up there, you know, Tottenham, I'd say, you know, Tottenham maybe might have enough, but I do expect, obviously, City, United, obviously City to be there, United to be there and Chelsea to be there. Not that confident about Leicester, so that only leaves one place. Uh, Tottenham, Liverpool, obviously, in there. I would give Tottenham and Liverpool more chance than... West Ham, Everton. Uh, I do mm. think it will be, you know, United City, Chelsea plus Liverpool or Tottenham, um, to be honest. But very interesting. Yeah, as you say, Arsenal have certainly showed, you know, a lot of improvement recently. Three, one, three of the last four. But as you say, that the draw of Burnley just shows that they've got those moments in them. They still need to improve plenty. Sitting down in tenth in the table, and it's just not good enough, is it? Eleven defeats this season is just horrendous, isn't it, for a team of Arsenal's? You know, ilk talking about what they've done throughout the years in the Premier League, mm. and it's just not even close to being good enough. Um, and next season, you know, I don't think the fans will, will stomach that. They need to be challenging for top four, um, but it's difficult to, for them to do that. You know, are they going to spend the money this summer, the, the positions that they need? And, you know, Tottenham have had their number recently, haven't they, in the London derby? Tottenham won the last two. Arsenal's last win over Tottenham was 2018. So five um, five games unbeaten, one of the which was in the League Cup for Tottenham. So it has been a fixture that, that Tottenham have enjoyed recently. And Arsenal, yeah, it's just, a, as you say, it's a huge game um, for, for both sides in terms of, 
what they want to do this season um, off the Europa League. They both still have their eyes on that. Tottenham obviously got EFL Cup final and, and things like that. There's a lot going on for both sides, which is what you want. You don't want to be out of all the competitions, just focusing on the league. Certainly not your Arsenal because they're, they're not really going to, I mean, they're not going to finish really. Are they going to finish top? Maybe we're in and around where they are, maybe above Villa. I think I think that the top eight as they are now are, are all better teams than Arsenal, all better. So, you know, maybe Arsenal finished ninth this season in and around there, which is, as I say, not good enough. But yeah, uh, slightly different to you. I, I understand where you're coming from, a lot of goals, but, but just got a little bit tighter because of the Europa League games, you know, it just makes it a little bit more, maybe the energy taken out slightly. But uh, yeah, 1-1 one, one here. Yeah, I'm hoping the energy is taken out of the defence and the, the attack comes out on top in that game. Yeah. Just looking at Arsenal's upcoming fixtures, Tottenham, West Ham and Liverpool in the next three in the Premier League. I mean, those are tough games, all obviously above them yeah, in the table. So a tough run for them coming up. Uh, but yeah, I'm backing Arsenal to win. Uh, sorry, I'm backing Tottenham to win that 3-2. Matt is backing a draw in that one. Um, at 7.15 on Sunday is West Ham versus, uh, sorry, Manchester United versus West Ham. Another big game towards the top of the table. And you call it a top four battle, which is a credit to West Ham. West Ham obviously in fifth, only two points off Chelsea. Chelsea uh, would have played obviously by the time West Ham kick off. So that gap might be different. Uh, but they've had a, a, obviously a bit more rest than Manchester United because Manchester Man United were in Europa League action. They drew one all with AC Milan. AC Milan getting that late equaliser makes it four draws in the last five games for Manchester United. Um, the exception, obviously, being that incredible win over Man City when they stopped their um, Man City's incredible winning run themselves, uh, kept their incredible um, away record going. Man United, we both backed Man City wins in that just because Man City have been so impressive. But United just seem to have had Man City's number in recent years particularly at the Etihad Stadium, and they did it again. A huge, huge win for them, obviously. Um, more important for their, their top four hopes than their title hopes, of course, despite them beating the, the current leaders. But a huge win, which probably not many people would have been expecting them to get. West Ham, big win to bounce back from their own defeat against Man City, against Leeds last time out, to keep the pressure on those top four. It's a big game for both sides. How does it go? Yeah, it's a massive game, isn't it? As you say, West Ham, I think, I think the win over Leeds was was an indication, wasn't it, of their, now their credentials, West Ham. I think they were are certainly a side now to be taken, you know, incredibly seriously in that battle for the top four. Two huge games, Manchester United away, Arsenal at home, West Ham's next two. And it's just, it's going to be very, very interesting to see. I mean, like I say, I don't think West Ham will finish top four this season. I do think they'll make a real good challenge for a Europa League spot. And I think it'd be fantastic if they could bring Europa League football to the London Stadium next season. Um, obviously, team selection for this game for West Ham is going to be interesting. You know, no Lingard, which is obviously huge for them. They're going to be mm -hmm. without him. He can't face his parent club. But, you know, who will come into the side for that? He's obviously got options. Ben Rama played in the fancy. It might be, you know, Bowen coming back into the side. There won't be many surprises elsewhere. You know, um, Jop and... Dawson still central defenders. Obviously, Suchek and Rice will play in midfield. Um, you fancy Fornals obviously will play further forward and, and Antonio as well. So, not too many surprises. And I, it's a really dangerous game for United. Uh, I was very close to, to backing United here. I just think the Europa League game was, you know, they were fortunate if we're honest. Manchester United till AC Milan were excellent, especially in the first half. I had a couple of goals disallowed. Uh, the handball one was fantastic. Um, United in the end, obviously very close to winning and then and then conceded late on. Defensively, recently, as you mentioned, United been excellent. The, the performance at Manchester City was was really, really good. Um, the, the, the perfect away performance. And um, I just think it's a really tough game, this one. And you, you, you look through that the years, you know, West Ham at home and you always think you're going to fancy your chances of winning these type of games. But 
early this season. Um, FA Cup, wasn't it? A very tight game, went all the way to, to uh, extra time, wasn't it? Mm. Scott McTominay scoring uh, Manchester United last season. This game was 1-1. Um, early this season, United won 1-3-1, slightly um, <laughs> had that goal didn't they, where the ball seemed to bend out of play and, and Pogba scored oh, yeah, at key yeah. time and then they scored twice late on. So it's, it's a... It's a really tough one. Uh, a really, really big game, as we say. United sitting second in the league at the moment. Obviously, not going to win the league. 14, spot, 14 points behind City, but six points above West Ham. If they were to lose this game and, and Chelsea and Leicester go and pick up good results, then it makes it makes it very tough for United, who are more than in that top race. And I think United, you know, Rashford was a doubt. Martial came off against Milan. Van der Beek's injured. Cavani's a doubt. So you're looking at, obviously, Amin Diallo got his first goal for the club, which was fantastic. And you fancy he'll be on the bench again, but... You hope Rashford will be back for this game because they're struggling elsewhere. If Martial's hit problem proves to be more troublesome, obviously the amount you mentioned, United, Miss Pogba is incredible. Pogba gets a lot of criticism. His, you know, his off the field stuff and things like that. But when Pogba doesn't play for United in these sort of games where they need to get on the ball, it's it's so noticeable. You know, as well as McTominay and Matic do and Fred, they're just not creative forces in the middle of the park like Pogba. They miss him, Cavani. Can he get himself fit for this game? Obviously, he's had problems recently, um, as we say, Rashford Martial. So if if United had a full side out and and they were maybe maybe they didn't play Thursday, I'd maybe a little, little bit more confident. And I did have one nil down for you at Manchester United um, when I started off this one. But yeah, like I say, I just think West Ham are a side to be taken very seriously. They're, they've proved their um, away performance against Manchester City was excellent, wasn't it? And probably should have got more out of that game and won three of their last... Uh, four in all competitions, West Ham, so uh, or in the Premier League, I should say. So, a side in good form. David Moyes obviously be desperate to, to, to pick up a good result. And uh, yeah, I've, I've unfortunately had to sit on the fence here and go 1 1. 1 1, yeah. I've, I've actually gone West Ham in this one. I've, I've, <sighs> I just got a feeling for them in my gut when I was doing these predictions. I just got a feeling West Ham could, could do this one. I think. Um, United are just faltering a little bit. Obviously, I mean, that Man City game, they, as you say, it was a perfect performance from them against the best team. As I said, in the in the build-up to that game, the best team in the country and probably the best team in Europe at the moment. Uh, to go and do that to them at the Etihad, hugely impressive, deserves huge credit. Um, but while none of us predicted it, I, it wasn't the huge, the biggest surprise to see them do that away from home. I think the at home, obviously at home, their results have improved hugely since the start of the season. Uh, but it's just, you know, you'd back, you'd probably back them. You'd be more confident that they're going to lose a game at home than away from home um, this season. Just, you know, they haven't lost away from home since January 2020, which is an incredible record, um, which obviously continued with that Man City when I was at home. They've lost a lot in that time. Um, and, and West Ham, they, yeah, as you mentioned, they do deserve a huge amount of respect at the moment. They're, they're not an easy touch for any team. I think they're going into these sorts of games with a lot more belief now. Um, I think you, you, you see that from the uh, win over Tottenham Hotspur recently. Obviously, they then went and lost to Man City after that, which is another big game. But I think the win over Tottenham, as we said in the build-up to that game, they would have gone into that game really licking their lips and fancying their chances um, of beating a team who, you know, for the vast majority of the Premier League era, they have had to look up to and go into games like that as underdogs. Obviously, they'll go into this game as underdogs as well, it being at Old Trafford um, and Man United being second in the league. But I just think, yeah, I've got a feeling for them. I think they, you know, they've got the players. Obviously, Lingard being out, he has been brilliant for them since uh, arriving at the club. Lingard being out is a blow, but they've then got that depth as well. Jared Bowen hasn't had a bad season by any stretch of the imagination. So if he comes back in, you know, they're not losing too much quality there. Um, and I think they, yeah, I think they've just got enough to to bloody the nose of Manchester United. And when you consider, 
There's six points in it, a victory for West Ham. That carrot there, moving three points within Man United, potentially even moving into the top four, will be huge for them. David Moyes maybe with a point to prove on his return to Old Trafford as well. Yeah, I've just got a feeling for them. Like, yeah, I know you're not happy about it. but I think, I mean, I think it was, I could be wrong. I, I think 2007, maybe the last time West Ham won at Old Trafford in the Premier League around then. I think it's been a long time, maybe even a slightly longer, but, you know. It's a, it's a fair shout. We'll see what happens. I'm, I'm calling it. Surely it's worth extra points if we get it right, yeah? No. Nah. <laughs> All right. Um, moving on to Monday night, we've got Wolves versus Liverpool. All right, yeah, you can have your fun now talking about Liverpool because another defeat against Fulham last time out, six in a row at home. It's unbelievable, really. It's incredible how that's happened. Um, obviously, I mean, the uh, game against RB Leipzig in midweek counts as a home tie, but... You know, we're talking about Anfield six in a row is awful. Um, that win against Leipzig should be huge. I think the amount of the, the way Liverpool played in that game was really good, and the amount of chances they missed in the first half in particular, you just thought, all right, it's going to be one of those days again. Liverpool can't seem to put the ball in the back of the net. But that spell where they scored two chances in a row, it looked like the Liverpool of old, the way they created those chances and finished those chances off. Hopefully now the floodgates will start to open again and Liverpool can start to do that. Um, but, uh, you know, there's been a few false dawns so far this season. The back-to-back wins over Tottenham and West Ham, followed by defeat to Brighton. The, the obviously first leg win over RB Leipzig, followed by defeat to Everton. Um, and the win over Sheffield United, followed by uh, defeats to Chelsea and Fulham. Um, all those wins have come away from Anfield, so they might be pleased to not be at Anfield for this game. Um, but yeah, they, I mean, they continue to make a mockery of all my predictions. I actually predict them to lose in midweek against RB Leipzig 1-0, still go through, but lose their match. But then they were much the better team. Leipzig, I think, were really disappointing in that, but Liverpool were much the better team. Um, and that performance, if they can just replicate that performance, it should give them a lot of confidence um, and start putting the ball in the back of their net. I mean, they used to do it for fun, but now that just seems short of ideas. I said at the start, almost at the start of this run, it was like Space Jam. All their powers had just gone, all that front three and everything. And it's just, it's baffling how how bad they've been in recent weeks, how bad the results have been. Um, sometimes the performances have been good and the results have been bad. Sometimes the performances have been awful. Uh, Fulham first half was really poor. Um, I think Diogo Jota coming back into attack is big. He's looked really sharp since he's been back in um, and he's exactly what Liverpool needed to give them a breath of, breath of fresh air. Uh, Fabinho being back in the field against RB Leipzig was big. Um, so hopefully, you know, him alongside Thiago, uh, Wijnaldum in there as well, um, can start to form a really good partnership in midfield because that looked good against RB Leipzig. Um, but yeah, I mean, it doesn't seem to matter what I predict for Liverpool. I always seem to get it wrong at the moment, but I'm hoping, I'm praying that that win over Leipzig does open the floodgates. And as I said earlier, Liverpool need to return to winning ways sooner rather than later um, to if they get to uh, challenge for the top four. Probably won't matter because we'll probably go and win the Champions League again um, and qualify that way. But um, we need to, we need to, if we're going to finish in the top four, simply put, yeah, seven points adrift now, you need to start picking up wins. As we've seen from Chelsea recently, from Tottenham recently, a good run of fixtures gets you right back in the conversation. But time is running out. Ten games left of Liverpool season. They need to pick up those wins. They have to do it really here against uh, Wolves. Another defeat here, and those teams above them winning, and maybe you know you, you are looking at that top four bit becoming out of reach. But the, the thing is with Liverpool, they've got the players. We know how good those players are. As soon as they get that confidence back, as soon as they start winning games, they are you know still I think the second best team in the league with those players. Um, and obviously, if the season ends right now, you're saying it's been an awful season. But in reality, it's actually been an awful, what, two, three months for them, uh, which has just ruined their season. So if they can get back to that, uh, you know, they were top just before Christmas. If they can get back to that sort of level, uh, which we know they've got, um, 
and then you'd back them maybe to, to close that gap and certainly push for the top four. But as I say, that turnaround has to come now, really. Um, and maybe, well, certainly in hope and hopefully in expectation as well, I've gone for 2-1 Liverpool winning this one. 2-1, yeah. I mean, as you say, it's a it's another big game for Liverpool. I think the Champions League, and as you mentioned, is has been sort of a saving grace recently. And I mean, it's not like they're coming up against a... You know, a second-rate team. You know, it's come up against the Leipzig team. I think mm. they were second in the Bundesliga, two points behind Bayern. Had been in really good form before that game. You know, winning. They won their four before the first leg against Liverpool, and they won their four in between, and then and then lost again. So it's obviously, you know, Liverpool are not a bad side now. Like you say, it's it, what what has happened is just it's incredible, and it is difficult to explain. Like I say, there are lots of different reasons why it's happened. Um, very difficult to put your finger on exactly why, but. I think, as you mentioned, there is time to to turn it around and still, obviously, you're not going to win the league, but but finishing fourth this season for Liverpool would be, and reaching, I mean, you say winning it, I, I don't think you actually believe that. I'd be surprised if you did. Um, obviously, semi-finals, Champions League, I think you, you fall short in that competition, but but in terms of finishing, just just make top four is the, is the thing for Liverpool now, isn't it? Don't be at the Champions League next season because that would be, especially when things go back to, you know, normality to be out of the Champions League next season would be would be dreadful for Liverpool. And yeah, it's a tough game. You mentioned obviously I say there is still time, but but as you mentioned, if they pick up poor results and then the teams above them go and win, it just it puts more space in between the teams they're fighting around and games coming up, Arsenal away after this, Aston Villa at home leads away after that. You know, games that are so dangerous Liverpool. There's there are no easy games in the Premier League. You talk about, you know, maybe Sheffield United at home being the easiest game of the season, but United had that few weeks ago lost. So you just can't mm. it's so difficult to predict. As you say, Fulham at home last week is on paper a relatively easy game compared to what you could face in the Premier League. And it's just so difficult to predict. So this is a tough game. Wouldn't surprise me at all if Liverpool go and win it. But um I'm just going to draw in the end here. I, I've gone nil-nil. I think Liverpool's problems recently scoring. Obviously, Wolves last time out was nil-nil uh, against Villa. And obviously, um, Raul Jimenez, the update on him, expects to play again this season. He's been taking part in training, doesn't he? Some non-contact drills, which is obviously fantastic news. You know, you always worry, don't you, with with injuries elsewhere. They do tend to heal, but with you know head injuries, it's obviously a concern for for life, not just mm. not just football. But fantastic to see him making excellent progress, and if they can get him back before the end of the season, you know, last three four games, that'd be huge for them. As we say, Wolves have disappointed this season; they're not going to finish in around the Europa League positions. They're sitting twelfth at the moment, not going to go down. But I do expect them to be in and around. You know, as I say, battling that pack. You know, the pack of Leeds, Palace, Southampton. Um, in note four and then I still think Burnley are in trouble so those bottom six and then those middle four I think will be pretty much where they are and yeah no real pressure for Wolves is not not that much to fight for if we're being honest which may help Liverpool but it also takes the pressure off Wolves so it could work both ways and um, yeah it wouldn't surprise me at all to see Liverpool win but I did back Liverpool to win last week um, and they didn't and can't back them to win again considering their form so uh, yeah just nil-nil here. Yeah, I mean, Wolves only won the feet in the last seven. There's definitely yeah. been an improvement there. Um, and maybe, as you say, that comes with having the pressure off of, you know, not too much left to fight for this season. But, yeah, going into this game, I think 
you know, victory is far more important for Liverpool than it is for Wolves in terms of their aspirations and what they can still achieve this season. But yeah, um, Matt is backing a draw in that one. I'm backing a Liverpool victory. Okay, thank you as ever, Matt. Uh, We will be back next week for the last round of Premier League games before the March international break. Uh, So tune in for that. You can subscribe to this podcast on all the usual channels and on YouTube to make sure you don't miss an episode. Um, And you can find written previews of all of these games and many more over on sportsmile.co.uk. So be sure to check that out. Uh, We look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks for joining us.